This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's gone! That is an absolute beauty of a delivery from Umesh Yadav. The Vodafone Test Series could be level after two tests following another day of dominance by India at the MCG. Australia started the day well by taking the last five Indian wickets for 49 runs. But after lunch, their batting once again folded under the extreme pressure of India's elite bowling attack. Yeah! Oh, taken! That's the curveball from Ashwin. And it's a crucial wicket. Labashane gone. Staring at a deficit of 131 runs, it looked as though the match could be over inside three days when Australia was reduced to 6 for 99. But a rear guard knock of 34 by Cameron Green and Pat Cummins left the hosts on 6 for 134 at Stumps leading by just two runs. Shot, looking to take on the spinner. Pat Cummins goes downtown. Here's former Australia captain Ricky Ponting, who we spoke to late in the final session to provide his thoughts on another cracking day of Test cricket. Ricky Ponting, uh, we're talking with this game looking like it's heading towards India, but let's go back to the start of the day uh, and a piece of magic fielding from Manus Labashain to run out Ajinka Rahane. You must have loved that effort from Manus. Yeah, it was a nice piece of fielding. It's probably fair to say that the Aussies have been a little bit off in the field uh, the last couple of days, dropped a few catches, as we know. But what I liked about that was they had their best fielder in the position where the ball was most likely to go. They had Manus at, at cover. Uh, you could see that Judeza was looking to get to get to his 50 and push the ball into the offside. So, yeah, Manus moved well, pick up and throw in the one movement. And it was all about the throw as well. The throw had to be close to the stumps to, to pick off the run out. And he was out by, you know, a matter of centimetres. So it was a great piece of work from Manus. Wickets weren't easy to come by, so Mitch Stark decided to dig it in and bowl some short stuff to Ravindra Jadeja, who made a fine half century. It eventually worked with Jadeja picking out Cummins in the deep. Is that a tactic you'll expect to see more from Stark and the Aussies? I think they do do it quite a bit, different phases of the game. I mean, I think, especially to the tail, we've seen them over the years. You know, they bombarded England out here in Ashes Series a few years ago. And when you've got that firepower of uh, Stark, Cummins, Hazelwood and even uh, Cam Green now, I think it's something that they can look to use more, particularly against subcontinental teams. But, um, you know, the situation of the game today probably predicted, not meant that they were going to do it. You know, Judeza was batting with a tail. He was the one that was going to have to score. Um, and they, fi- they finally wore him down. He finally had a, had a crack up. By most of the day, he'd been ducking under him or sw- um, swivelling out of the way. So... Good piece of captaincy from Payne. He just moved Cummins um, into that position where the ball uh, eventually went. So it was a plan that was well thought out and worked well for Australia. Just on Jadeja, he whipped out the sword celebration when he reached 50. What what are some of the stranger batting celebrations you've seen? Uh, Well, we saw Jason Gillespie stick his bat between his legs and ride his bat like a horse. (laughs) Um, 
I'm probably responsible for one of them. I blew my wife a kiss at Adelaide Oval one day. Uh, Michael Slater started, I think, the tradition, what's become almost a tradition now of the guys whipping off their helmet and kissing the, the badge. Um, yep. Dougie Bollinger tried to kiss the badge on his shirt one day after taking five for and kissed <laughs> the VB sign on the other side. So um, I can't think of many others. I'm not sure what Judasius is all about, to be honest, but uh, I think most of the guys are pretty happy just to put their bat up and acknowledge the change rooms and the crowd. Yeah, Australia took five for, for 50 to, to bowl in. They're out for 3-2-6 and concede a 131-run lead. Was that just about as good as the Aussies could have asked for today? Yeah, probably. I mean, it, it probably could have been better, probably could have been worse. I mean, we've highlighted it a lot about um, how unlucky Rahane was to be run out at that, that stage. Everyone's saying that, the, you know, the, the deficit could have been a lot more had he not been run out. But if the Aussies had held their catches, I mean, they put Rahane down a couple of times, so the, the, the actual deficit could have been a lot less as well, if you want to look at it that way. But I think that's about as good as they could have asked for this morning. You know, that partnership was 104 unbroken overnight. They didn't really get away from Australia this morning in uh, Rahane and Judasia. So, yeah, to, to lose for, or to pick up five for 50 was a pretty good effort. It was India with all the drops in Adelaide and Australia here in Melbourne. Can you put your finger on why the, the reversal? No, look, most of the Aussies ones have been quite tough. Um, you know, Smith's wasn't, Smith's was a pretty easy one at slip. Uh, Travis Head's obviously last ball of the day last night was one that you're going to catch 99.9 times out of 100. Uh, Green's was a tough one. Payne's was a tough one. Marnus is even early on of, of Shubman Gill was a tough catch as well because he was trying to flick the ball through the leg side. It sort of caught the back of the bat. And speaking to Payne on the phone last night, he told me just how close that was actually standing. It, it was hard to pick up um, from the commentary box that they that looked like they were standing close. But he said that it was the wicket, when they let it go, was carrying through quite nicely or it gave the impression it was carrying through quite nicely. But that was because they were, Tim in particular, was standing so close. So any slips catch probably a lot harder um, you know, on, probably looks harder, sorry, is harder than what looks on, on television. When it was time for Australia to bat, uh, Joe Burns, he had one crazy innings of just 10 balls. He played a miss, survived an LBW shout, should have been run out twice, was given out, caught behind, reviewed it unsuccessfully. It was action packed for sure, but what did you make of that innings from Joe Burns? I think the first word that came to mind that just looked a bit panicky, to be honest. Uh, you know, obviously desperate for runs. Um, you know, even the, the one that he got off the mark with it, he hit to, to mid on, he would, have, he would have been run out there with a direct hit. It was only a you know, four or five metre throw as well, so he was lucky to survive that one. I mean, to the naked eye, the LBW shout from Boomer um, looked, looked out and was, you know, obviously yeah. umpire's call hitting the outside of leg stump, so he got away with that one, but also could have been run out in the same ball. And then eventually he got a Jaffa. The, the ball that he got was a was an exceptional delivery. Um, but if you look at if you look at that, th there are some technical issues that he's going to have to work through, and I'm sure he's continuing to work on. Um, you know, knowing Justin and, and Andrew McDonald that are be working with him on a daily basis around his uh, defensive side of his game. Um, it, it, yeah, he needs to work on some things. So it, it, I think the one word to sum it all up for me it just looked like he was he was panicked. If he's got to work on some stuff, is it better to do that out of the test team? I mean, has it got to the point now where Australia might need to replace him, even if David Warner isn't fit for the third test? Yeah, if David Warner's not fit, it'll obviously uh, help Joe a lot because I because you'd think if he's not if Warner's not fit for the third test, he'll be fit for the fourth test, and um, you know they're making a change just for the potentially just for the one game. Um, We'll wait and see what happens, but I look just reading reading the tea leaves and seeing what I'm seeing. It looks like Warner's going to be fit. The amount, the amount of work that I've seen him do, do the last couple of days suggests that he's on track. You know, he's got another nine or ten days before uh, the next Test match. Which you know, if he's batting for half an hour now and doing some some slowish sort of running between the wickets in the nets, I, I can't see unless something goes wrong between now and then. I can't see how he won't be fit. So, and if he if he if he is fit. 
then you know the way Wade is batting um, compared to the way Burns is batting, unfortunately, I think it'd have to be Burns that goes out. Yeah, well, you touched on a bit before about that LBW. Uh, we saw Burns get away with that one. Lumbershane survived one as well with the uh, umpire's call. Despite the ball tracking showing that it's going to hit, uh, the ball's going to hit a lot of the stumps. Shane Warner's called for just one referral, and if the ball's hitting the stumps, it's to be given out. Are you happy with how the current process works? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the whole idea of the the umpire's call, um, I think, is to it's actually to help the umpire. It's not a it's not a benefit of the doubt for the batter. It's a benefit of the doubt on the umpire's call. That's the explanation I've been given from Simon Torfel on on the and that's to do with the so-called inaccuracy of, of the ball tracking. Um, you know, we, we're making calls on umpiring decisions based on the ball tracking and even the, the experts with that say that it's not 100% accurate because it is a predictive mechanism, obviously. So it's unlike the tennis one where you can track a tennis ball all the way and have an end result. This one, there's still some predictive element to it. So, you know, that's why it's there. Look, it's this the rub of the green, I think. I, I, don't, I don't think there's much more we can do about it. And, and you know, Warney's theory there is one that I haven't really thought much about. But I'll go, I'll go away now and have a think about that and if it makes sense... Um, yeah, if it makes sense, it's something that can probably be taken to, to, to the laws committee or the rules committees, of which I'm on. <laughs> Each time we talk, we seem to speak about how well Ravi Ashwin is bowling, but how good was the ball he bowled from around the wicket to dismiss Labashane today? Yeah, it was, it was a beautiful... Well, it was a good ball. I'm not sure it was good enough to get you out. If you play it properly, I mean, he played back to what was pretty much a half volley. Um, it was way too full to play back to, and I think... Um, I think the reason he played back because he was worried about the short leg and the leg slip, one that was going to bounce a little bit more. So he's sort of staying back, trying to stay on top of the bounce of the ball, and it was an arm ball that, that brought him undone. But I think if he had been completely focused on that ball and watching the ball really closely, then I think Marnus would have just pushed onto the front foot, played a comfortable forward defence, and everything would have been OK. And just as Matthew Wade and Steve Smith looked to have steadied the ship, Steve Smith was bowled behind his legs by Jasper Boomerah, Ricky Steve is averaging 3.3 this series, if you can believe it. Uh, we know he's a class batter, but he hasn't looked comfortable out there. Have India got in his head? No, I don't think so, no. I mean, you look at you look at the dismissals, you know, today, I think that's that's just about unlucky. I mean, I was talking to Bluey in the commentary box. Bluey's worked with the team for a long time. Bluey couldn't remember one off the top of the head where he's actually ever been bowled leg stump. I don't think Boomerah in his wildest dreams would have thought that he could actually bowl him leg stump around his legs. Uh, it's just he's not having um, much go his way at the moment. You know, I think he probably would have liked to have his time over with his, uh, with his first innings dismissal here. Um, I think he would have played that differently. But, look, I'm, he's, a, he's one of the all-time greats of the game and everyone's allowed to have a, you know, a few bad games here and there. And, uh, but the one thing I know is that Australia needs Stephen Smith to stand up, especially against uh, this bowling attack that India have. Has he still got his hands? Remember he found his hands? Has he still got them, do you know? Well, he had them when I left him last. I don't know where they're gone. But, um, look, I, <laughs> I said that I thought he'd be the leading run scorer in this, in, this, uh, in this series for the fact that he'd come off such an unbelievable run in the one days leading up. Some of the, you know, there's two one-day hundreds in Mabra, as good as I've ever seen him play. And um, knowing what he's like and when he gets into that groove and as he talks about finding his hands, I thought that would flow, flow over into this series. And it, and it hasn't yet, but... Still a long way to go. There's potentially four more innings for him and we know that if he gets in and gets set that he'll, he'll make a big score somewhere. And we know he's got that kind of unique technique but is, are you seeing anything there that might suggest that things aren't clicking? No, no, I haven't seen anything. I actually, 
five minutes before I got out today, I was on air and I said he, it started to look like he's uh, moving really well again, looked really comfortable, looked like he had the time that we're accustomed to seeing him have, particularly against the faster bowlers. Ashwin's bothered him. Ashwin has bothered him every time he's bowled to him so far in the series. But he just started to look like he was, he was getting back into that groove and I, I thought he might make a big score. But it wasn't to be. And as I said, I think it was just bad luck on his behalf today. We saw Matt uh, Wade dig in for 40. Travis Head made 17. What have you made of the, in, the intent of the batters? I think we saw Travis Head give Boomer a bit of a tap on the backside after that first ball uh, bouncer that he copped. Um, have you been happy with the way the Aussie batters have been with their intensity out there? Yeah, most of them. I, you know, Once again, I was on air when, when Travis did that. was his first ball that was a, a short, well-directed uh, short ball that wrapped him on the glove and flew just over Gully's head, thankfully for him. But, yeah, I didn't like to say a little pat on the back. But as I said, it's each to their own. You know, what, you've, you've got to do whatever you can do to to make yourself feel comfortable out there. If that's something that Travis needs to do to feel comfortable, then um, albeit all he, should, he should be doing that, but it wouldn't be the way that I'd go about it. And I think you saw the bloke at the other end, Matthew Wade's not gonna go about it that way either. He actually copped a nasty blow to the back of the head and changed his helmet, bounced back up and faced the next couple of short balls and then you know got the, the eye of the tiger on back at the bowler, boomer. That's what I'd, I'd rather, rather see. But as I said, it's each to their own. Finally, what's Australia gonna need to scramble here? What, what kind of uh, total can they defend and actually and win this game now? I was thinking two, anything under 200, I think India are favourites, to be honest. I mean, this wicket looks really good still. Uh, it has turned a little bit. Nathan Lyon will get something out of it. I think we saw last night and even today that the Aussie quicks didn't get a lot out of it. Sideways movement, there wasn't much swing with the second ball, uh, second new ball last night. So, um, But India's batting is vulnerable as well. I mean, we Not just on the back of their 36 all out in Adelaide, but it, there, there's certain chinks in, in their armour as well that you know their openers haven't looked uh, that comfortable so far in the series uh, you know Rahane played a great knock here but Bahari hasn't really got going yet so um, yeah look Australia got a lot of batting to do to get you know to, two, to 200 ahead now they're gonna have to do a lot of batting but you know it is what it is whatever if they happen to get a lead um, it's, it's gonna have to be enough. That's Ricky's recap of day three of the second Vodafone test be sure to subscribe to the Unplayable podcast so you don't miss a recap all summer but if it's live scores, breaking news and video highlights you're after, head to cricket.com.au and the CA Live app. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.